0: Sonic podcast, brother Jared Atkins. No, I'm brother Todd Whaley. Yeah, we're gonna have to kill the fan. Yeah, I hate that, but yeah, <laughs> so I might have to move down done. here too because you're bleeding mine. All right, well, we're uh <laughs> <laughs> professional, okay, that's like, a lot better. It's not bad now, yeah. Well, Todd, uh. We're attempting something new today. <laughs> something we've got four dude. mics set up, and I'm trying to kill mics till I figure out what mic is is where. <laughs> Anyways, let's roll into it. We're, we're never know? we've <laughs> never been professionals. Oh, uh, we're coming. We got a big day. You got a great big day. We're man. right in the heart of season three. Yep, and we are sitting in historic very historic vincent's number one lodge here in vincent's indiana yeah
1: i was taking for a tour earlier yeah established in 1809 it's the first lodge chartered in indiana basically yes so vincent's number one
0: uh one of the lodges on my bucket list the last 15 years and uh it took me a while to get here yeah, i've never been here before but, but here we are and uh we've got a marathon uh recording <laughs> sessions for days which will everybody will start to hear over the next month and a half yeah, no, um, my wife
1: wasn't real happy about this all day yeah <laughs> this is
0: a big day for us so uh we're gonna start the first episode of today with a guy that's come highly recommended very uh and i was super excited i was so excited to finally get to shake his hand and meet him uh with brother neil ward here yep. in vincennes so uh and Brother, Neil,
1: Neil took me on a, quite a tour of the of the lodge here. Everything from the very basement where the Demolay and the Rainbow Girls met, all the way up to the asylum where you, nice Timber and everything is. It is an amazing I was, I was, historical lodge.
0: I was fat. Way. I wasn't going oh. upstairs. And then <laughs> I found out they have an elevator, which is a big thing for me. Yeah, I know. So I'll, I'll check <laughs> it out later. But anyways, <laughs> people don't listen to hear us. They listen to hear the content. Brother Neil, would you introduce yourself?
2: Well, I, excuse me. I'm... Neil A. Ward. I've been a member of this lodge since
0: 1980. 19? I wasn't even born until 87. <laughs> I was. I was. I was two years old. <laughs> Not uh, to make you feel old, Neil. Sorry. 1980. <laughs> Neil. Uh, what all? What all else are you involved in besides just Blue Lodge? Are you involved in anything else? Oh, this is. <laughs> I can already tell it's going to be good. Start the list.
2: Well, <laughs> I. Uh, I'm a KYCH. Okay. in uh, matter of fact, I have the Grand Cross. So I'm a past uh, high priest of Vincent's Chapter, past illustrious master of Vincent's Council of Cryptic Masons, and I'm a past commander of Vincent's Commandery. I was also a dual member of uh, Princeton Council, member 69 I think, I'd have to look that up, I forgot, and um, Princeton Commandery number 46, which merged with uh, Evansville, so I'm a dual member with uh, Evansville uh, chapter, or not chapter, but councilman Commandery. Uh, a man of many hats. Yeah. I'm also the oldest living past Grand High Priest, by that I mean I'm the oldest senior yeah. I was Grand High Priest in 1989, and all of the folks prior to that are, are gone.
1: Right, yeah. Well, you were saying earlier, you knew my chaplain for my lodge, uh, John was, Wallace, when he was a Grand High Priest back in the day. I was one of his officers. Yep. And I see John was very important to me as my Masonic career went through there. So.
2: I'm also the current uh, Director General of uh, Evansville Yeoman of York, and I'm the Governor of Evansville York Rite College. And on uh, Thursday night, I was installed as chaplain of Vincennes Lodge number one. Yeah,
0: I saw that, I saw that on the Facebook page. Yeah. Congratulations. You uh, stepped up to uh, fill a vacancy. Yes. Yep. That's that's, that's, that's the mark of a real brother. Always Oh, yes. Willing to <coughs> oh, yes. Pull, yeah. me, pull me out of the bullpen coach. I'm ready to go. <laughs>
1: yep. Never done.
2: Never done in work. And back when we had a state York Rite Association, we had uh, throughout the state, we had different districts. And in this part, we were called uh, State York Rod Association Group Nine South, mm-hmm. and I was uh, secretary of that for, I guess, about thirteen years. Oh wow! But it no longer exists. And um, that's something that's really hurt to York Rod.
0: Yeah, I believe that. Is. As as we sit here today, and I'm I'm gonna I get a crack I get a crack out of doing this. Todd's always rolls. Off. I'm gonna break the fourth wall. We're recording this on Sunday, August 27th. So it's gonna. These are going to be released through the end of September, maybe the beginning of October. Where we sit at tonight, uh, this coming Wednesday, the 30th or 31st, whatever it is, I will be taking my first steps into the York right down at Huntingberg. So it took me 15 years to get to an appendant body, but uh, it's finally going to happen. I'm nervous. I'm excited. <laughs> you got any advice, anything you can share with me without breaking the fourth wall there?
2: Well, that's next Wednesday on the 30th. At uh, yeah, Lodge it. or Dubois Lodge. Yep, at Hun- Honeybird. Yep, and Honeybird.
0: We got another Mason pulling in and just seen out the window.
2: Anyways, anyways, don't interrupt. The first degree <laughs> you're going to get that night is is called the Mark Master. Right. Uh, you will enjoy it. You'll you'll recognize where you're out. it's mm-hmm. a Continuation of ancient craft Masonry. Uh, some consider it uh the second section of the Fellowcraft.
0: craft hmm Interesting.
2: I've seen that degree conferred outdoor in a quarry.
0: That'd be neat.
2: And when it's done in a quarry it's really I impressive. Like that. So enjoy. It's educational. Uh, when I joined this lodge in 1980 we had a one of our the Phil Atkins of, of Vincennes so to speak. <laughs> yeah. It was a brother by the name of Ernie Roller and his picture's on the wall over there mm-hmm. in another hallway. And uh, Ernie told me he said uh, the York rights for your eyes, or for your mind rather, and the Scottish rights for your eyes. And I went through yeah. the York right first, and then the following year I took the Scottish right, and he was exactly right. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't done both rights, do York right first, you'll understand the Scottish right. See,
1: I did it backwards. I did the Scottish right first, and then the York right, and I always figured the Scottish right was like going to college, and the York right was like going to technical school. Okay, you got to learn more of the that's, hands-on that's stuff. What
0: I, I say that every time it gets brought up in an episode. Yeah. I talked to Randy Seipel. It was it, about a year ago. I knew that I needed something more. I mean, it's taken us a year to get here. And uh, <laughs> Randy Seipel, what is Randy? Our grand senior warden this year. Yes. Randy uh, told me last year when he was grand junior warden, he said it's it's like going to college. He said Scott, it's just a matter of what you want to get a major in. He said Scottish rights like your philosophy degree. York Rite's like your history degree, and I'm like a huge history nerd. Like, I love History Channel. I love like World War II stuff and Vietnam stuff. So, it took me a while, and I was like, you know what? I, I think I'm going to petition the York Rite first. So, I'm I'm excited. I'm nervous. I'm looking forward to it. Apparently, there's going to be a ready? crowd. There's going to be several guys from down around here show up. Uh, several guys from, uh, what's the one in Shoals? It's White River, right? White River is going to be there. So, it's, uh, they're expecting a pretty good turnout. I'm like, I made the joke with him. I was like, hey, it's been 15 years since I went through the line at uh, Blue Lodge. I'm like, I'm not the same small guy. So if I need to bring a change of clothing, let me know. When when
1: were you ever small?
0: (laughs) I was like, you're going to see skin hanging out in places you don't want to see if we don't. But they're like, i would be all right. (laughs) But, Neil, so, so the first question that we... We generally try to ask, we're, we're still trying to work out a format, yeah, we have, it yeah. works for whatever it works <laughs> for, but uh, we generally try to hit some of the same questions, and the first question we usually ask is, how and why did you get involved in Freemasonry?
2: Gosh, that was a long time ago. <laughs> well, 47 uh, years ago. starts back in Norfolk, Virginia, when I worked for Navair. A lot of the folks that I worked with were, were Masons. And back then, maybe they still have it, I just haven't heard about it, but they had what they called a Shrine Bowl. And the Mm. Shriners would come around with one of these great big cards and they'd they'd sell a signature on that card for a dollar or two dollars and that was their fundraiser. Right. And so, you know, I'd talk to them about it and I wasn't old enough to be a Mason then, so I'd just get blown off. (laughs) But uh, as things progressed, uh, people got promoted. Uh, My supervisor was a was a mason, but he was a Prince Hall mason. Oh. and I had a lot of respect for that man, and so I had a lot of respect for for Freemasonry. I moved to Indiana, and a couple of people in, uh, in I lived in Oakland City at that time uh, were masons and active, and uh, I just had a good opinion of it. And then I run into her approach at uh, at work. I worked at Crane for a well little over 33 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, have you ever thought about petitioning petition and And I said, no. So anyway, long story short, I got a petition, got elected. Um, since Herb was the only person I, I really knew, uh, I asked, you know, he, he volunteered or I asked him, I don't know, because <laughs> I didn't know much about masonry, right. how it worked. But anyway, he set me east on my, my degree. Oh, wow. and, uh, that was May 26 of, uh, no, it was May 15th of 1980. And uh, he was in the East. Ed Seaburn was junior warden. And uh, some masons I worked with at work helped me get through my memory lecture. And on the 26th of May, it was fellow craft. It was a traditional to have a fellow craft on Memorial Day oh really
0: that's interesting to me
2: yeah, that's it so I lived in Oakland City that's in a different time zone still right. is <laughs> so I had to get up at 4.30 to be here by 5.30 oh wow <laughs> and uh, there was myself and one other candidate and we went through the, the fellow craft degree and we broke for the first section came down had breakfast went up and finished it came down and then went out to the cemetery and we uh decorated graves of, of those that uh have oh. an illustrious past in this community right and we still do that that's awesome so uh that was the 26th the, the 5th of june i came back and was raised to the sublime degree of master mason oh wow that
0: was that was a quick movement that's a lot of these and I, you know how I always – I hate to say the word older, but I mean it in a good way. Experienced. Back sure. then, so they – so quick. And uh, mm-hmm. we got another brother sitting – what's the term I use when we're not on video? Not off camera, but off mic. Yeah, sitting off, off mic that talked about how quick the learning process from back then to then was. These guys back then, it was – we don't we're not gonna get with you to, to ask you what date. Here's the date you're gonna be here. If you wanna learn it you'll go through. Whereas nowadays it's When, when are you available? When are you available? Uh, and Well,
2: actually that's the way it was with me because I was going to school. Yeah. At night. I was going to something called I S U E, which is now U S I. Okay. And I had a a break of about six weeks and I said, This is can and you, you accommodate that? And mm-hmm. they did and her broke set in the east on all three of my degrees nice so that speaks well of his ability to give ritual oh yeah because that was was buried roughly three weeks Yeah. and he he did all of the work didn't anybody step didn't, in and do a lecture didn't or
1: didn't give a charge and, whatever
2: the master was supposed to do he did it
0: yeah
1: well that's how it used to be done all the time but
0: well since since you brought up and we talked about this before we started rolling tape i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and segue into this uh, for those of you listeners that might not be familiar with Southern Indiana, let's be honest, we're getting traction all over. So, sure. no. There was a brother that belonged here by the name of Ed Sebring. Uh, when we interviewed our past Grand Master, Roger Van Gordon, back in April, mm-hmm. Roger said, uh, I got a list of guys I'd like to give you, some guys you could talk to, and I asked him if Ed was one of the names on that list. Which, I don't have the list on the computer, but Ed, I'm pretty sure, was on that list. Mm-hmm. And when we decided we were going to start rolling tape, we said, we're going to get Ed on the show. I'm going to make contact. And the, the day that I told you that I was getting ready to reach out to Ed so to ask him to, to be on the show this upcoming season, uh, I seen Brother Jared also setting off mic, off camera, whatever you want to call it right now. Him or somebody... In around Vincennes Sins had put the thing across Facebook, we lost Ed Sebring this morning. Mm-hmm. We'll to which that. I told you I I mean there there was a couple of cuss words in there. I was like, Man, we just blew our chance. Yep. We uh I've sat in lodge with Ed twice, I think, in the first five years of the fifteen years I was in. Yeah, I don't know
1: if I ever did.
0: Uh I guarantee you this would have been a guy that I could have learned a lot from. And I know you were pretty close with Ed and you said you talked so I wanna give you a, a chance to talk a little bit about Ed and Tell everybody about how because I know how important he was to this lodge. I mean, he was important enough that we were upset that we missed our opportunity to get him. Which, mm-hmm. when we changed the format of this show from season one into what it was last season, what it is now, 80 maybe not 80 60 percent of what we do is given a chance to get these brothers to tell their stories because yep. when the older brothers lay down their working tools and we all lay them down no eventually no one gets out alive. no one gets out alive your stories and your journeys go with you yep we missed a chance to capture some of that about ed mm-hmm. so uh neil if you want to and and i hope you do uh tell us a little bit about ed sebring the man in the mason
2: be glad to um head and i became good friends after my initiation and for my Master Mason degree, Ed played the organ. it's the only time I've heard the organ played during the second section of the Master that's Mason. Wow. Degree. <clears throat> now, Ed and I were born the same year. Ed was about three or four months older than me. Uh-huh. Um, he was born in either September or October, and I was born in December '46. Ed had two master degrees, one in music, one in history. <laughs> wow
1: that's um, an educated man yeah it is
2: his uh, father owned Sebring Music and Ed was a senior de Malay involved in, in the sing in the de was the chapter dad for some period of time and, and then I was telling you earlier that it went defunct and then yep. about 1990 we resurrected it and then it, it lasted about five six years and, and folded again so Ed was master in 1982. And right after he, he was installed as master, he was hired as the executive director of the State Dima Lake. So he spent a lot of time in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that lasted about a year and he came back and then he became a newspaper reporter. Wow. And, uh, he did Very that until the newspaper was sold and yeah. for whatever reason that uh, it was no longer employed by
1: me. No one read newspapers anymore.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <clears throat> Ed was uh, KYCH. And, um, what Ed was known for back then, it, his really famous part, was he did the Principal Sojourner in the Royal Arch Degree. Okay. And uh, Ed has a great singing voice for Ed. And there's places in that degree where you know, Ed would sing. Mm-hmm.
0: not to interrupt Neil, but I've got Ed's obituary pulled up right now. And uh, we've never done this in the history of the show, but I think the week this episode comes out, which well,
2: we'll as put they're hearing it,
0: it, we're going to put it up there. But my favorite thing, I remember reading his obituary the first time, and I forgot about this. It says, clear as day, Ed's favorite message to people was, God is in charge. We ain't. That's true. And it's just, <laughs> anyways. As <That's laughs> profound as can be. Go ahead. Sorry about that,
1: Neil. I just interrupts a lot. Yeah, it's it's my job. Yeah.
2: So uh, Ed uh, had a period of time that he really wasn't active in the York Rite or the lodge, and then his son Chuck uh, started to line, and Ed came back, and I know was uh, an officer in his son's uh, lodge, and I think he was chaplain. Mm-hmm. And so on um, ed was active in the boy scouts chuck was a was an eagle scout um probably ed was too but i'm not sure yeah. about that. but I, I know chuck was so there's a, a lot of things that, that ed was involved
1: Well, i think like he's involved about everything as far as cynics, you know newspaper and if you, you look at his
0: obituary it lists uh a little bit of stuff in there about that.
2: He was a past Grand Prelate, and I'm not sure who he was a prelate for. What, what Grand? Maybe Andy Jackson, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. During uh, when uh, Larry Gray was General Grand High Priest during mm-hmm. his triennium, Ed was the editor of the Royal Arch Mason magazine. Okay. And he's ever since I've I've been a nice tumbler. Uh, I think Ed was the editor of the Indiana Supplement for the Night's Templar mm-hmm. magazine, and continued until his death.
0: Right. <clears throat> wow, I got to it. It says here, uh, and I remember seeing Indiana's Demolay post some stuff on there. Oh, I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize he was in Demolay. It's sixty years worth of Demolay, <laughs> in addition to all the other stuff with Blue Lodge and the appendix, But Demolay alone, sixty, 60 years, years. That's wow. that's an incredible mark to be left right there.
2: He was a fifty-year-plus Blue Lodge Mason.
0: Said, "Yep, fifty-five years."
2: And he was a fifty-year member in uh, New York. Right,
0: a great man. Like, like I said, like one of the things we do is shine light, and I want everybody listening to hear this. This was a guy that, like, when we started doing and changed the format of these interviews, it's like let's let's get it on here. Right. We already right. had him in mind before yeah. we had a past Grand Master tell us to talk to him, and. I missed opportunity is What I told you, missed opportunity, yeah. which is why we're on this kick now about getting these stories out there. Like oh, yeah. we got to talk to Brother Neil. We've got great lineups coming mm-hmm. later today with uh, two guys that mean a lot to me: Jim Sharp and Bill Shobe. Yep. And uh, if Doc Gray makes it, Doc yeah. Gray's supposed to be here. Another guy. That's why we got to get these stories out. But uh, I, like I said, I the first five years I was in, as after I got raised on uh, February 29th ninth, I sat with Ed Sebring in Lodge twice, I think. Mm-hmm. One, uh, not down here, but somewhere around. It might have been Pike County. So I, I don't remember. It's been a long time ago. And once up in one of the lodges in Dubois County. Had I known then what I know now, oh, yeah. this could have been a guy that could have taught the whole entire lodge something. Well, probably. Um, anyways. Yep. Let's get back to Neil here. Well, yeah. Neil, thank <laughs> you for for that. So. You want to ask him your question, Neil? What kept you coming back
1: to every meeting? What got what kept you involved all these years?
2: Oh, a lot of things. Um, I wanted to be master of this lodge mm-hmm. from the the time I joined. Um, let me tell you about the first time I came to this lodge. All right, please do. Floor yeah. is yours because this is another light of Freemasonry. Um, back then I, I assume you still do it um, when you were elected to receive the entered apprentice degree before you got the degree you, you were to show up and uh, the master mordons had a little meeting with you and, and had some things to say to you and so on and the night that, that I was scheduled to do that was a, a second Tuesday <clears throat> and back then the chapter and council of incense met on the second Tuesday, and the commander met on the, th- I mean, second Monday, and the Commandery met on the third Monday. So I arrived here, and there's nobody around, no cars out anywhere, and the doors open, so I walk in, and I sit around over one of these chairs, and in about 10 minutes, this great big tall guy wandered in in a uh, sport coat and pants and with a fedora, and he walked over and introduced himself to me, and said, I'm J.R. Devine. He said, "Uh, I'm an honorary member of this lodge, I'm very proud of it, but he said I'm a past master of Monroe City. So that was my first person I ever met in the confines of this lodge. Mm -hmm. And we became really good friends. And uh, him and all the other members of this lodge, uh, we were talking earlier about some of the folks, Ernie Roller, Winston White, Jim Gray, Adrian Lindy. Mm -hmm. Just people you wanted to be around. And all past masters of this lodge, most of them were KYCHs. And they just made you wanna be like them. So at that time, when I joined this lodge, we had 600 members.
0: Oh, wow. Hold Uh, up. Yeah. 600? Yes, sir. At Vincent's Lodge? Yes, sir. You don't see that. I was surprised there was more. Any lodges like that anymore around Southern oh, Indiana, no. not that many.
2: Uh, I was surprised it wasn't up. more.
0: That's phenomenal.
1: I, mean, I know some lodges, you know, in Indianapolis, some lodge had 3,000 members at one point.
0: Yeah, but my whole thing is the, the southern part of the state, and Vincennes is considered to be in the southern. I mean, that's true. 600 members back in, what, the the 80s, you said? it was 1980.
2: That's... That's a good haul. I bet
1: you back in the 50s and 60s, there's probably a thousand, I bet. In
2: 1980, in Prince Lodge, in Princeton, they also had 600 members. That's just crazy. That's That's crazy. crazy. (laughs) And down in Evansville, there's five or six lodges. But in 1980, uh, Blessing Lodge had over 2,000 members. And I was one of the five or six lodges in built in that building. Mm.
1: Hey, I, you'd be, Lodges used to be huge. I mean, I know, uh, what well, higher Lodge at one point had like 1,500 just in Kokomo.
2: Well, like I was telling you earlier, when Gus Stevens was Grandmaster, there were 166,000 Masons in our Lodge.
1: Yeah. In the state of Indiana, yeah.
2: state of Indiana.
1: I mean, now we're at, you know, kicking a door of 40,000. So, just, people just don't get out like they used to. They don't want to enjoy stuff, I man, it's.
2: But anyway, back then, if you wanted to start in line, there was a waiting. Oh, yeah. And so the guy that appointed me to line as chaplain in 1986 was David D- David Joe Day. And so there was a six-year waiting list because the master only appointed one person.
1: Oh, wow, that's crazy. I didn't know that. Now you just you know, walk anywhere you want. <laughs> you, know,
2: it, you, start it, well, you can't start it as master, but you can start as senior warden, that's Right. And just a lot of the smaller lives. <clears throat>
1: I went from senior steward to senior deacon, junior ward master. Yeah, I did master four years in a row. So, I mean, now they, it's just a totally different dynamic now because now those people want to be a, they want to be a mason. They don't want to be involved into it monthly or, you know, like like I always tell Jerry, I used to be, I used to go four or five nights a week to lodge. I mean, it wasn't nothing for me to drive to Indianapolis because I lived in Tipton, and you could drive to Noblesville, Kokomo. And how Howard County had probably six lodges into it, in it. You know, either one of those and it just people just don't do that anymore, I guess. And young guys don't don't travel like they used to.
0: No. And that's that's something else. We 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 have beat this horse to death and we, we'll <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah. do it. What do we have a membership problem? Do we not? There's you know I liken it back to what you and a couple other people have said back in those days in the fifties through the early nineties, there was no internet. There was no social media. Uh, True. brothers got out of the house. They went to lodge cause they enjoyed it. Now we've got all these four foot, three foot, whatever idiot boxes in our hands and nobody <laughs> as we as uh, your, everybody holds their phones up, <laughs> holding their phones up. But, uh, that's the thing. Like I, like I always wanted. Like I, I was like, I, I would love to do Freemasonry, five days a week. Five days a week. When now we realize we are doing Masonry every day. Yeah, you do it every day, yeah. But like going to see ritual, you go up to those big cities. Like you're from that Kokomo area, that that within mm-hmm. that hour drive to Indianapolis, you could see stuff. You know.
1: Oh yeah. Well, you could go to the, the Hamilton County, Marion County, Clinton, uh, Delaware County, Howard County. I mean. Wasn't well, nothing to be three or four nights a week. Then you get to your pendant bodies, the Grotto Shrine, York Right. Uh, there was some satellite Scottish Rite clubs around, but I never got involved in that. But
0: know let me let me ask you another question. Uh again, one day we'll we'll sit down and actually type out an interview format. It, it changes yeah. every show, but we got certain Who questions we it? ask every show. <laughs> what uh everybody generally has a couple fev- pieces. a couple favorite pieces. Easy for you say, and I'm on the radio for a living sure, now. no kidding. Yeah, you're great. Everybody's got a couple <laughs> favorite pieces of ritual that they like to, they like to do. Was there one particular piece of ritual that you picked out over the years and you're like, that's going to be one I master. That's going to be one I deliver. That's going to be one I like to do. Well,
2: oh. mm. yes, Jim. Sure. Um, you take. it. All right. Uh, mm. In uh, in our Symbolic Lodge, I guess. My favorite part would be the senior deacon. Senior deacon, oh yeah. Because you're involved in everything that's going on. That's right. Uh, A senior deacon can make a a good master look bad. Oh yeah. Or he can make a bad master look good. I've done it both ways. (laughs) Uh, I really enjoyed my year as master. I I wasn't a good master. I wasn't a bad master. Uh, I did my job. Right. But one of the favorite things I like to do is confer the order of the temple. Okay. And the very first time I did that, the candidate was probably about the age that I am now, and uh, I was doing the. Since you're familiar with that, yeah, I was doing vaguely. a part that was called uh, the Ode to the Skull. Yep. And then there's some ritual that ends at that particular point of the ritual, and I looked at the candidate, and there's tears running down his eyes. Oh wow. I don't know. That was something. Yeah.
1: So yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be hard to get through out there. I know I conferred the E eight degree first E eight degree I done like ten years. I did our, at Bethlehem Lodge, and the guy was sweating so bad. I'd never seen anyone sweat that bad. And it was warm, but we had the air conditioner cranked up pretty high. And actually, I I thought he was crying, so it kind of threw me off. But he's you you had sweat run down his face underneath the blindfold, and I'm like, and where's that again? He totally threw me off. I've never seen anybody sweat that bad. I thought he was crying, I really did, because you know his dad was a Mason and he would waited a long time to join and everything. So that's pretty – But he was just sweating. So you know, but see someone cry during rituals. I don't know. I don't know if I, how I can handle that. <laughs> really. Yeah, I'm a pretty you know un, unfeeling guy sometimes. I won't lie. But um, but as far as what we is. What was your favorite position? I mean, you got Senior Deacon in Blue Lodge, but as far as in New York, right, uh, were you more of a chapter guy, more of a council, commandery? Uh, What what was your favorite part?
2: I I like them all. The Um, the second section of the – or the allegory of the virtual past master is a favorite. Okay. Because there's a lot of lesson. Yeah. That uh, we amplify there. Uh, The Holy Royal Arch is obviously one of my favorites. Yeah, Um, I've I've done just about every part in the Royal Arch. Um, Back in the time when I was going through Grand Line, the Grand uh, Officer or the uh, Grand Chapter Line would be asked to do the the Royal Arch across the state in various places and usually whatever chair you were sitting in that's the part that you would do except i didn't do the principal sojourner that was larry graves part oh yeah <laughs> i mean it's not too many people that can can do that and certainly not many that can do the job that larry does
1: right but i went through the uh, the one day class i went through larry did a part about the penny how every man, he did something long. That's
2: called a traditional law in the Mark Master.
1: Yes, that's what it was. He did, and It was beautiful. I mean, I've seen some good ritual work throughout the life throughout my career of Masons, but he did that, and it, it almost brought chills. I mean, it did bring chills to me the way he just, it just laid it out perfectly. Like he was reading it for an angel or something like that. It was so nice. I'm like, man, I wonder, why he, I wonder how he does the rest of the degrees. And of course, I never got to see anything else, but yeah, if he did that, I'm like, holy crap, that was just elegant. He'd I mean, put a word to it, just elegant, the way he, way he uh, did that part ritual. I just couldn't believe it. like, how could he be that good at it?
2: <laughs> Jim Sharp's starting to give that part. Oh, is he? He gave it for the first time, uh, I think, when, uh, when you got it. No, it's down in Evansville. Mm-hmm. Did it down okay. in Evansville. It was the first time. Yeah. It's hard for an elephant to be quiet.
0: Yeah, no kidding. I'm leaving this in. It's bonus content.
1: <laughs> Jared had to take off after a phone call and give him a call. Well, I, I had
0: to let, uh, another one of our guests later today in the, day the
1: door. Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: okay. I'm sure you've carried on. Getting yeah, we were was
1: talking about his like favorite part of all ritual and everything. I know. I might
0: have to hear it back when I edit it
1: tomorrow. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know where I do the same thing sometimes. <laughs> but I never listen to the show anyway, so.
0: Oh, so am I supposed to continue or you just
1: sitting there silent? So I, I we were just waiting to you get back. <laughs> no, we were talking the whole time. Okay. So. <laughs> I
0: was like, man, we just wasted six minutes of tape.
1: <laughs> no, but... Um, Proceed. As far as... You, you went around before we started doing all this stuff and uh, started recording. You showed me basically every room of this lodge. And I love old historic buildings anyway. and Even buildings like this where... know it's been kept well but yeah there's some corners of it that you know got neglected over the years and everything but um what uh what are you most proud of of this of this lodge itself as far as the building the structure and everything what what gives you the most joy to show me or show show jared later
0: hey wait a minute what's my job on the show to interrupt me that's right and who does it better than anybody you do bub Mm -hmm. i gotta say you get that Just from outside alone, I get some of the same feelings looking at this building. And I haven't seen the whole lodge yet because I'm fat and I don't want to take the stairs. I did <laughs> find out they have an elevator, so I will do that later. Oh my God. But looking at this lodge from the outside, yeah, absolutely beautiful building. Oh, yeah, gorgeous. If you don't know nothing about masonry, like I tell everybody about the Scottish Rite Temple, mm-hmm. the cathedral in Indianapolis, right. one of the most beautiful buildings in the world. Oh, this right. building right here. I've went past this down here in Vincennes numerous times back in my younger days. Never really noticed the logo on the side of the building at first till we got here. day like I've been past this building a dozen times. Mm-hmm. Absolutely beautiful. I just wanted to share that. That's my own personal little I feel like I'm contributing to the show now. Not much. Uh. Okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> Anyways, he interrupts a lot. But what is like what like I said what is your most the proud what's your proudest feature of this building lodge room lodge room yeah I would agree with that yeah. and some of the parts you showed me like the the old crypt being lowered down in the crypt and everything I've never seen that before at any lodge if I did I didn't know what I was looking at and uh, and I, I won't spoil it for Jared but I, the whole stair lecture thing and everything that was just never seen anything like that Not been to hundreds of lodges across a couple of different states.
0: Todd knows how I feel about the stair lecture, too. Yeah, and it I, is... I do not like... The most unique thing I've bra- ever seen. I do not like the abbreviated version. If you're going to no. do the stair lecture... And I get it. You get the same... You get the mm. gist of it, but I feel like you lose a lot of it. Yeah, you don't get a Like, lot if of I'm it. going to see a fellow crafted degree and I'm going to see the stair lecture, I want to see the stair lecture. Right. That's just my opinion. Some brothers don't like that, but, like... You get the same overall idea, but I feel like if you give the abbreviated stair lecture, you lose a lot of the mystic aura of it. The hoof spot, the hoof As we, as mm-hmm. we <laughs> joke, <with> the hoofspa. <laughs> but what?
1: yeah, the, the lodge room is it's similar to some other lodges I've been into. But you have some features in there, with the organ and the you know the stair lecture thing and everything like that. The crypt, you get the veils. I mean, you just, you just don't see, they don't build lodges like this anymore. You just don't see it. I mean, we went to, um, what was that, uh, Fort Branch Lodge? Yes. And they built a newer lodge, and it's a typical, your you know, pole barn fish inside. It's a beautiful lodge. And the lodge itself is, it, the building's not the lodge. And, you know, everybody says that. The, the lodge is the members and the Masons, the brothers. There they, but there's something about like being in these old Masonic lodges. That, you feel the history. You feel like you, you still smell the cigarette smoke in your hair. And, you know, you see the stains and everything. And it's just a well, like a well-worn tool, basically.
0: You see history. Yeah, you, you see the history.
1: I mean, we're, we and people don't know. We are in the lodge that Red Skeleton was raised in. The famous comedian, vaudeville comedian, TV, movies.
0: Vincent's royalty, Red Skelton. Yeah, That's what Vincent's
1: he is. born and raised in Vincent's and started his uh, vaudeville career in Vincent's, but he was raised and you said one day? He did all three degrees in one long day, right? See, I've heard a one
0: day class before we had a one day class. Look yeah, at it that but way.
1: He, but they say he memorized the work.
2: I all believe of, it.
0: Yeah.
1: He didn't leave anything
0: out. In nothing. I mean, those, I mean,
1: it took me three weeks, almost a month to learn an EA degree. Now, the fellow craft map was about two weeks apiece, but that was a lot of work on my part. And he did it in, you know, what, half hour, hour maybe. <laughs> Do you know Max Holland?
0: Max, yeah. yeah. Max, Max uh, unfortunately won't make it today. I, I was disappointed about that, but we will. A brother's got prior commitments. Yeah, it happens.
2: Well, Max and my wife are double cousins. Are they? And they're cousins of uh, Red Skull.
0: That's amazing.
2: (laughs) Red Skelton's uh, grandfather taught uh, school in uh, Barton Township. Okay. And he's buried in uh, what they call White Chapel Church in Princeton. Oh. And his dad's buried here. uh, But his grandfather and great grandfather were all from uh, Gibson County. Okay. And the Skeltons migrated. Well, they're. One of the Pioneer families. Of oh, Benji. really? Well, they were here before the, before was the territory. Okay.
0: And, a, and, a, and again, to to, yeah. to the brothers listening, and we're international now. I can't yeah. stop tooting that enough. <laughs> we <laughs> are <laughs> uh, That's to, to – I, I get a wrestling reference in every episode on both podcasts. To, that's a, that's on a shoot. <laughs> that's a shoot. Red Skelton is from this area, the, yeah. the very famous Red Skelton. He means so much to this community that 15 or 20 years ago, about the time I graduated high school in 06, uh, shortly before I graduated, they had just built a brand new red skeleton something on the VU campus because I walked and seen it as it was it, had the they just got done. arts or something like it, something that. like yeah. it. Like yeah. they had just got it done a year or two before. Yeah, beautiful facility. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, that's this yeah. man is a, as a mason and both as a human being and as a a celebrity. Yeah, he's uh, I mean, he's an icon yeah he, he made a mark down here that's yeah,
1: he, he was a big oh. in the shrine too and stuff like that and gave millions away and but i know uh it's i mean he, i i heard the story my dad heard it my dad was a missouri mason and he heard about it. that he, he's a big fan of red skeleton and he found he's a mason after my dad already joined and then he heard the story that he did all three degrees in one day and of course my dad when he joined back in the setting there was no ritual book in missouri it was all mouth to ear i mean nothing like that and, and he's like, how in the heck did a, does a man memorize that mouth to ear? And I'm, I don't know if they had a ritual back then or not, a cipher book back in that day. You know, Probably no, in
2: 39 they did. Did they? Back the turn of the century they didn't.
1: No, oh, yeah. But he, like it, just, it, just, it totally amazed him that he did that. Once I started learning, I'm like, how did anybody learn this lesson one day? I mean, I seen, I seen a guy do it in a week before. But he's also a big college fraternity guy. And he said that ritual is similar to the Masonic ritual. So he already had kind of a leg up on it. But, I mean, just one day. I mean, oh, my God.
0: Switching gears here a little bit. Uh, brother brother Neil, another thing that we generally try to ask, and we got some feedback. Uh, Todd and I get a lot of messages about the show. We get them through our our Facebook page, as well as we get individual messages on our, our personal, personal page. Facebook page. Yep. And I had someone... Uh, reach out one time asking why sometimes I propose the question who are some of the people that influenced you in masonry Uh, because a listener at one point had had taken it sort of the wrong way that well he didn't mention this guy but he mentioned this guy and I want to clarify something before I propose that question to brother Neil it's not to single anybody out or say something negative that you didn't mention this is just allowing you to shine light on people who generally don't The greatest mentors generally don't want light to be shined on them. Right. But then you never hear about the great stuff that they do to help brothers in their younger years. So we generally like, hey, we show some love to these guys. So, you know, I know you might give the Peyton Manning-like-esque answer because anytime a game would go bad, Peyton would always give the just most professional thing about, it was a great game, we tried our best, gosh darn it, we'll get them next. Who are some of the Masons – when you think of that, that really influenced you, that, that helped you to kind of shape and mold you into the brother that you are today? Because we've all got some of them cornerstones oh, yeah. in our life, and we generally don't feature guys like that. We, they yeah. don't get a chance to be brought to the limelight.
2: There's a lot of them. <laughs> Obviously the top of the list would be Worshaw uh, brother Herbert G. Roach past Grand Commander, mm-hmm. Grand Commandery. Uh, J.R. Divine, past Grand Illustrious Master of Grand, <clears throat> grand Council. Uh, J.R. was my, my chaplain the year I served as Grand High Priest. Mm-hmm. He was a, our spiritual leader. I could tell you a little bit of a story about him. and Oh, go ahead kind of get off stories? track here. I got
0: 56 <laughs> hours of tape on this memory card, so. <laughs> well, we, we better, we,
2: you may have to come back. But uh, back when I first joined New York right, in 1980, our uh, grand recorder for the Grand Council of Indiana was a brother by the name of Dr. Owen L. Shanio And Doc was the uh, most... I always mispronounce this, most puissant general grandmaster of the general grand council. Okay. And his trinium included um, Brother Gerald Ford's time as as president. President, yeah. So uh, Doc went to the uh, Oval Office and conferred the council degrees on
1: on
2: Brother uh, Ford.
1: I knew he had gotten work in the Oval Office that he I think he got his did he get his master mason degree in the Oval Office or was he, it he,
2: uh, I don't think so okay he, he was a master mason before you
1: oh okay so he must have got the York Rite stuff okay and I, I know I believe he got a shrine he got initiated a shrine
2: while he was president it could be but I don't know if he was Scottish Rite Mason or not yeah, but know. back in that time the shrine required either
1: Scottish Rite York Rite right. yes yeah Okay. That, that, I, that'd be something wouldn't it? <laughs> I'm not
2: sure, but I think J. R helped him confer that because Really? J R was grand illustrious master in nineteen
1: seventy nine. Oh wow, that'd been that been something to see right there.
2: <laughs> uh, for to this uh year <clears throat> I'm serving as the grand historian of the grand chapter, so I will take you down a rabbit trail oh. pretty quick. <laughs> I'm sure. But anyway to Maybe get back for, to you for
1: our next episode. <laughs>
2: your question, uh, of course it was J.R. Devine uh, a mason down in uh, in Prince Lodge a fellow by the name of uh, Harold Bass, Harold S. Bass
0: I've heard that name before I was, so, uh, some, somebody has brought that name to my attention before and I don't mm-hmm. know where I've heard that but since we started this show and it's <coughs> since everything's really taken off in the last year somebody I've heard that name, that name before somewhere,
2: somewhere. he was a uh, Grand High Priest in 1977 might be what it is. The same year that uh, R. Frank Williams was Grand Commander of the okay. Grand Commander of Knights so he was a big influence. Oh, yeah. um, a lot of the past Masters in this Lodge. Um, one person that's had a, a lot of influence on me, in a in a positive way, not as a mentor or anything, but but just in his dedication to this Lodge and in our fraternity. And that's a fellow by the name of John McClellan.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He's <laughs> some of this stuff that gets referenced to uh, with the permission of Vincent's one we're gonna there's gonna be a we're lot of pictures it. that we we post on social media some some things because this marathon recording session today is Something we've been looking forward to oh, since yeah. we, since <laughs> we, <figured> we out. <laughs> not outlined it a month before, we st- but since we took a look ahead like three months before we started this, right. and we're like, if we'd ever get the chance to go to Vincennes, and then it, it just all folded together so nicely. Oh,
1: yeah. So
0: uh, with the permission of this lodge, which I'm pretty sure we have it or we wouldn't be here, right. there's going to be a lot of things that we put on social media, so...
1: Yeah, which I you've seen my TikToks and where I did for Equity and Fort Branch and our lodge and my home lodge in Tipton, take pictures, put on my TikTok, and kind of show people the buildings and you know what the lodge looks like because you know you drive past these buildings every day you never know what the inside gonna look like. Yeah, and that's that's and that might bring someone up and go, hey, maybe I'll go in there and talk to them sometime. It helps. Let me give a little
2: history about the lodge. Let's go. As I was throwing it earlier, we acquired this property and. In, uh, 1915 and there was a committee assigned to a building committee to build us a lodge <clears throat> and this is the, the first facility we've owned since lodge was chartered in 1809 as a Vincennes Lodge number 15 on the rolls of uh, well
1: where did they meet before that do you any, any various places um, okay. in
2: 1809 this was a sleepy little village on the Wabash. Oh, yeah roughly about a hundred uh, structures there, so probably in a tavern or a hotel a tavern right. situation.
1: Okay, I know they had um, a permanent building somewhere and one a log cabin. You know, so.
2: yeah. and, and some of those records are lost. Right. One of the lodge rooms that we had was on the second or third floor of the Gimbal Building, which was down on Main and Second. Yeah, which burned down not too awful long ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's tragic. The furniture in the lodge is from that era. Okay. So anyway, in 1915, there was a home here, and we acquired that home from a widow. And you wanna guess what we paid for this property and the home?
1: 50 bucks. 1915.
2: 1915, $500. $10,000. $10,000. We tore the home down. Don't worry, I got an app
0: for that. I use it on the other podcast. You guys keep talking. I'll chime back in with that. All
2: right, go ahead. That was
0: $10,000 in 1915? Yeah, yes. go ahead. Okay, you guys,
2: I'll be right back. So the instruction to the builder was to reuse as much of that home as it could. Mm-hmm. So the parts of it are in this building. Really? Um, Crazy. This lodge and the property is not owned by Benson's Lodge 1. Okay. When the building committee started and I they created a corporation, and it's called uh, the Masonic Temple Association of Insights, Okay. chartered by the state of Indiana, and we have a board of directors, and that entity owns this property. Okay. And, some lodges do landlords. that. Yeah.
1: yeah my, my home lodge is that same thing. We have a temple association. They own everything. The only thing we own is the Bible, basically.
0: For everybody sitting in the room, including those off-camera, some future guests later today, $10,000 in 1915. Yep. In 2023, we're looking at almost $294,000 adjusted for inflation. Good Lord. That's, uh, <laughs> That's well worth it, though, when you look at this building from oh, the outside yes. and what oh, I've yes. seen of it inside.
1: Well, you also look at the property around it, too. I'm sure it's grown up in the years and gone up in value. And, you know, the value of this is, I hate to even try to guess what the value of this property is right now.
2: If there's a, a defect to this property, is the fact we don't have our own parking yeah
1: uh, well i thought that was your parking lot over there and i saw those cars like i better not park there you can park there but it's okay not ours. okay i didn't want to be towed away that so my wife would be killing me
2: <laughs> there was, there was a, a structure next door to us became available in i don't know mid 70s early 80s i don't know why we didn't acquire it i don't right. know but that was a missed opportunity.
1: Yeah, I know there's a lot of lodges in even around the state where there's, there's no parking. You just park on the street, man. I mean, you know Howard Lodge, Cobble's got a nice big parking lot, but they say they had to scrape together acquire that property years and years ago. But I've been to some lodges where you're parking in grass a lot of times, and like okay, well, home,
0: well, if we get a big enough degree at home, yeah, at,
1: at Bethlehem Lodge, Birdseye's
0: got, got a very small parking lot,
1: yeah. And even uh, Line Lodge in Jasper, you park on the street there.
0: Which I told you about the history of our lodge. I've got the lodge books that my dad recently mm-hmm. gave me that came out of my grandfather's possession, yeah. just some of the stuff, like uh, the old lodge building in Birdseye, the original lodge, it's still standing. Mm-hmm. It's just used for something else now. Right. Which building's on uh, When you come across the railroad tracks into Birdseye, uh, those antique buildings that are right there, the one that used to be called uh, Cric- uh, Pruitt's Corner Store uh, which had the nice boat mezzanine, that got burnt to the ground in 2017. The buildings off to the right hand side, when you go past what used to be the town hall, it's now the town library, it's that great big old antique building. The, uh, that used to be the Lodge, the Fellowship Hall was downstairs. And then you had a real tight stairs to go up. When I was a kid uh, coming from a third generation, <laughs> young yeah. well, third generation mason, I can remember running around the fellowship hall and I can remember seeing the lodge upstairs. The it, the building is still there. The lodge uh, sold it. I don't know what they got out of it. Uh, enough, because to,
1: enough to build a new one. <laughs> when uh,
0: Gail Kemp, former Honeyburg Mayor Gail Kemp, was grandmaster, right. was the year the new lodge at Birdseye opened, which now has been about 23 years ago mm-hmm. so yep 2000 was yeah dedicated I've got some of the the plans right there in my in my lodge bag it's not as nice as Todds it's a converted diaper bag I've, mm-hmm. I've got all my lodge stuff in it but uh mine was bought there's later. documents there <laughs> there there's some of the plans of what the new building would look like and who the ground it's it, it was a very interesting read the history of Bethlehem Lodge, mm-hmm. which one of these days we're gonna do an episode on we've actually been contacted about that by some people. It's like we'd love to hear the the history of we're your good. lodge and I'm like, I don't really have information on that. Well now you do. Now we do. Rest <laughs> in peace, Grandpa. Thank you. Uh, you we, get, we you now have information Skinner on that.
1: Skinner and Eddie and those but, guys You were really, there when they really built it, so
0: uh, I don't want to do this, but but because of the monument of content that we're gonna to record today. We are at fifty-two minutes. Oh, we can wow. keep rolling really? tape for a little bit, good but <laughs> eventually we're gonna. I, I don't want to, but we we've got yeah, a lot good, to get no, to. So, well, let's ask you the final question. Well, okay, so we have a question. the 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 main wow. question we we end every episode on, and there's no right or wrong answer. Um, then you can answer however long it takes you. At the end of the day. Every brother in this room is going to lay down their working tools. It happens to everybody. Nobody gets out alive. Neil, when, you know how much I think of you, and I, and I think of you in, in a very high light after I've got to talk to you over social media the last few weeks. When you look back on your life as a Mason, what do you hope that your lasting impact was? When people think of you as a Freemason, what do you hope they remember about you?
2: That I was a craftsman and I did no harm to the fraternity. You I know do what do. I love about you know
0: what I love when we ask this question? Every single answer is different, unique in its totally own way, yeah. but it all paints the same picture. That's right. It's it's amazing. all about teaching what we've been taught and it's Yep. But everybody takes a different exit, but we all get there.
1: Oh yeah it's been that's a good out to give one there that's probably short and sweet that was the
0: shortest one we've, we've had uh, Roger Van Gordon we wrapped that interview in April he's probably still giving us his answer right now that's uh, Roger's a the talker. only man I've ever met that can God talk longer him. than Phil oh yeah uh, um, <laughs> but he I mean
1: if you ever want to talk about May 3 Roger Van Gordon will just talk your ear off and it's all good stuff I mean I, I, I can't thank the guy enough I've
0: I've had he really that. helped our mm-hmm. show. Yeah. Uh, what, what got our show off and going was, you know, we'd only been active about a month. We launched around Thanksgiving time. And yeah. then uh, between Thanksgiving and somewhere around Christmas, Grand Lodge got wind of this. <laughs> wow. And then Todd asked him if we could come to Founders Day. Podcast.
1: And he's like, there's no way they're going to let us come I go. said,
0: there's no way they're going to let us come there. What are we going to do? Set up on the mezzanine and, and podcast, which we eventually did. So I'm like, yes, but that's what we're going to do. Todd's response from Grand Lodge was like, hey, we've heard of some of you guys. Or we've heard of you guys. You guys are the only ones doing this right now for the state. We'd love to have you come up. Well, we're like, okay, this is a one-off. Well, then it really started picking up steam after Founders Day. Oh, man. And then Roger Van Gordon got involved, mm-hmm. and Roger bends everybody's ear. So we can't thank him enough for the support he gave us. Mm-mm. And then it's just going to this: Hey, uh, we want you to come to this and talk. We want: Can you come here and record? Can you come do this? Like our phones blow up every day. It's almost. not like
1: we can take days off work. Cause, no, you know, I got a young family. That would be great if, yeah, I was, if I could. If I
0: was rich enough, I could just.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was if I retired, I could do this every day, but not the case. But I got I got a five year old and a ten year old at home.
0: But my my favorite part about doing this, and I don't, and we always tell everybody we're not doing this to tutor on horn is, we're so thankful because we've got to meet a lot of great people. Yeah, like some some of these brothers that I've been talking about, I I knew the first five years when I was gung ho going to everything with my grandfather all the time because my dad didn't want to go to lodge. A lot of these guys I met when I came back after my grandfather passed away. There's two guys that we're gonna interview later on this season which will actually be today breaking the wall here uh jim sharp and bill show uh, another one sam spears we're going to interview yeah. all these guys today these are all guys i've met since i came back and i've had such a profound influence on me like you watch jim mm-hmm. sharp bill show do the bible lectures oh my god yeah. it's like you just Poetry sit there and you get lost you know what i'm saying like yeah. so we're going to put them two together today on a round table and see what kind of magic we can make there and, Either uh,
1: chaos or magic because everyone shows up. <laughs> but
0: I'm glad you you agreed to be on the show because we don't always strike out, but there has been some people that's like, that's not for me. Like uh, Dave or Dave, I know you're listening. Dave's like, you don't want me in front of Mike. He's going to come in front of a mic this year. He just don't realize it yet. Oh, yeah. I asked him earlier. He said. But. Neil, we can't thank you enough for agreeing to do this because absolutely, uh, and and we appreciate that because so far a lot, and I'm, I'm not poking fun, but when we, to some of the older craft masons, experience, yeah. I hate saying older. I need to get in the yeah. habit of saying we it.
2: are older. So,
0: some of them, uh, at one out of every four, one out of every four will look at me and Todd and go, what? "Well, what's a podcast?" <laughs> yeah. Well, this yeah. is what. You mean like a radio interview? Yeah, just minus the radio part but with all the radio equipment. Yeah. (laughs) And some are like, Ah, well, I don't have that interesting of a story to tell. Well, when I see you going to some of these same places that I'm going, and yet you can quote ritual that you said you haven't done I haven't done this in fifteen years, but you get up there and you don't miss a single you know word, yeah. You don't think you have an interesting
1: story to tell. Yeah, everyone does. Everyone's story is interesting. To somebody. You know,
0: I mean, I'll, everyone, tell, I'll, got
1: a story I'll tell
0: you the biggest compliment I've got about this show and this came uh, I don't remember if this was on our page or my page it was about three months ago and I don't remember who said it now it's not important but it was I love the way you guys are taking time out of what you're doing to do this to feature the guys that are eventually going to pass the torch to you mm-hmm. because then by the time you guys get ready to pass the torch. Hopefully, you've taught enough to the generation behind you. And, and I never thought about it, about that, but that's exactly what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And, all, and all all, and the only way we're doing that is we're just taking time to interview other people.
1: Just sit down and talk.
0: That's up. all we are, a comedy podcast. Two fat guys, two rednecks. So <laughs> Southeast Missouri, Indiana transplant redneck with a drawl in his voice that I have to filter out during editing very hard job
2: <laughs> that reminds me of something since you're a fan of the middle chamber lecture Missouri has a middle chamber lecture that's longer than ours
1: yes too. it is and the one time one time back to my dad's home lodge they did a fellow craft degree at night and the guy spoke so softly I couldn't even hear it oh. yeah it's terrible I was like the guy next to me who I know my whole life uh, when my dad's good buddies I was like why don't he speak up a little bit he said he don't have a name to speak up any higher <laughs> He's an older guy, you know, so he's basically from me to you know, say that that fireplace over there, I couldn't hear a word he was saying. And my ears are bad anyway, but they're not that bad. But he just whispered it to the candidate and I'm like, Dang it, I really wish I could have heard more of that.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna speak on this and then after this we'll start tied up. I'm gonna bring up a point. Brother Phil Atkins okay, who spells his name the wrong way. Well, so do no so. no Atkins should have a D in their name, it's a T. But Philip right. is known by everybody in this room. Produced okay. their lecture. You want to know the mark, and I, and I made this joke, and Rob Hendricks, we all, everybody in this room pretty much knows Rob. Everybody knows Rob. Rob. Rob kind of agreed with me one night. I said, You know the mark of what's going to make a good Mason or not? I said, When Phil Atkins can sit there and deliver the middle chamber lecture, if the guy's making clear contact with Phil the whole time and listening, it's good. I said, it's the guys when Phil does it, and he's got his hands in his pocket, and he's just standing there. He's like, I did not think this was going to be like this. Yeah. <laughs> and nine times out of 10, the one with his hands in his pocket, never we never again. see him again. Yep. So, he's an asset to both lodges. Oh, very much.
2: I will share with you a little story about something similar to that one. Well, Go right. for it. You had asked me earlier, you know, what was some memorial things, And I told you the first time I confirmed the order of the temple. Right. But before I, I was doing the the commander's part, um, probably I'd been a, a knight for maybe two, three years, and we were doing the order of the temple for a minister from uh, Monroe City Presbyterian Church, mm-hmm. young fellow, and he was, I think within the next week or two, he was going active duty into the chaplain's corps. Okay. So we conferred the order of the temple on him, and you know, it come time for him to, Get up and speak, and he got up and he said, uh, "I'm sorry, I did this."
0: Really? Yep. Why? Just, I mean, he, he just—he
2: didn't go into to his wise, He just said, uh, "And and he apologized but you know, but uh, um, if he it with somebody, it wasn't me." Because you
1: know, really, well, that's, that's different. But, uh, just different.
2: Never... Just in the
1: in the middle of
0: it?
2: No, in the end. Of oh, okay,
0: okay. It. okay. The I'm very end of it. it uh,
1: You'll see. i uh, my. My order the Temple was kind of chaotic because they did it in medieval dress. Don't
0: spoil this for me now. No, no. no I got my I first be, but, steps in the York ride on Wednesday coming you, you up. I'm remember, excited. there was like
1: thirty-five other guys getting knighted at the same time I was, and so they had lines set up and stuff like that. And I was lucky enough to get knighted by Roger Van Gordon and everything, so that was kind of cool. But it was just so chaotic that I wish I had done it by myself just to be able to get the full effect of it. And looking back now, I mean the situation I was in at the time, there's no way I could have done so many nights without just so busy with grotto and my lodge. I was mastering my lodge at the time and there's no way. So there I'll possibly get it done, and I go get active into it. Well then I found out the the your right meant the same night as my grotto. I was like, Well crap, okay, I've borrowed an officer in the grotto. So I'll get active later and then once I get done with the grotto I move down here. <laughs> so like, oops. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> But I wish I had done it by myself, so it wouldn't have been, so I could have got that one-on-one with the guy, you know, not just, okay, you're not move on, you know, it would have been so much easier that way, I think, I think I would have got more out of it. Maybe I'll go back through it, I don't know.
2: <laughs> when I got the order of the temple, I, I had gotten all of my work here at Sounds and I got most of the degrees individually, mm-hmm. and pretty much in, and long form is oh, wow. a couple of degrees like the most excellent master that back then was a really long degree. Yeah, it took a lot of people. So that was a little bit abbreviated. Yeah. And, uh But the Red Cross and the Malta was pretty much full form. it's wow, a long degree too. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, indeed it is. Yes,
0: it is. <laughs> if
2: it's done full form.
0: I'm just glad I finally figured out the level of hierarchy in the York right because you remember how I was struggling with that. I still do Because I never, I was never part of the York right, and you know mm-hmm. I take my. I was like, "There's this, there's this, there's the, yeah." And I was trying yeah. to figure it out. And it's like it's so confusing. And then uh, Dave, Dave took time to really explain. It. Dave explained it to me like I was a five year old, which I think is oh. what I needed. Mm-hmm. Thanks for that, Dave. <laughs> but uh, he's like, he's like, let me explain this to you like you're five, and then I'm like, oh, okay, I get it now. So
2: yeah, we all learn. So her, her brooch took me up to West Lafayette, mm-hmm. on a the lodge was in a, an old church or modern church, huge room. Right. And there was about 150 of us. Oh, wow. It was a statewide, all order day. And they did the, the Red Cross in full form with the, with the feast and the food, oh, wow. real food. <laughs> and them all in, and the order of the mall and the order of the temple with right. excellent rituals. Uh, that was really impressive. So I, I, I appreciate what you're saying. Yeah, I that.
1: wish I had done the order to temple by myself. But I'll see it, I'll see it again someday, I mean, I'm sure of that. So. I just never got active in your crap.
0: well Hot right. Rod I could sit here and talk to Neil oh, all, day. all day long you know that's the thing with every interview it's like we have to end them because we have more but we, more we day, hate to yeah. do it because and and this is this is a shoot this is legitimate like, yep. because we we talk about stuff as soon as the tape stops rolling Yep. every mm-hmm. single brother we hang up the phone with or we're done talking what do we say when we're done like I could have talked to him another three hours yeah, it's just talk to this tonight. Every time we talk to somebody, we feel like we're sitting under the learning tree, yep. and, it, and it's fascinating to me.
1: I mean, I've been amazing 22 years now, and I'm still learning stuff from all those. Everybody's not me, I learned something off of. I think that's what we're supposed to do. Well. You know, yes, yeah, me.
2: You're exactly right, because this is my 43rd year, and I'm still learning.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well let's tie a bow on this. We'll uh we'll potty break for a few minutes, we'll come back. We've got a great round table yeah, episode coming me up me next me. with yep. with two guys that just it's gonna be a good one. Uh yeah, so uh let's segue this way. Let's let uh Brother Neil introduce himself and run through his titles again and then we'll uh we'll hook it and book it.
1: Yep, so so go ahead, no, introduce yourself again.
0: <laughs> it's what we do we just we give we, we give a chance to give clout at the end you know say who you are and you know your titles and everything if you don't want to you don't have to
2: well I'm Neil A. Ward I'm a past master of Vincennes Lodge number one I was master in 1991 and uh, I'm pretty much a symbolic Lodge Mason It's where I came from It's where I returned I have a lot of titles uh, I'm very proud of every one of them. Um, I don't know what more to say. That's
0: that's perfect. Couldn't have said it any better. That's yeah, a good place all to be. Right, thank you so much for being here. Let's wrap it up. You got anything? I'm good, bud. Uh, all right. Well, guys, this has been a, another episode of that other Masonic podcast. We're now starting to get into the meat and taters of season three. Taters. We've got uh, mm-hmm. three, four, possibly even five episodes lined up for today. It's going to be a tremendous afternoon recording that you'll hear over the next Four to six weeks. So, uh, I guess the next time we get back on the mic and we're done with this, we'll be coming to you from uh, Masonic Con. Masonic Con or the Schofield House. Yeah, We've one. got several, we got we got big things in store this season there. I gave you a little treat. Yeah, we're going to be at the plans. Schofield House big recording. So, <laughs> All right. So, for Brother Todd, for Brother Jared, this has been another episode of that other Masonic podcast. Thank you to Vincennes Lodge number one for the hospitality. Absolutely. Thank you to Brother Neil Ward. And we'll see you guys next time.
1: Peace.